We're very excited to work with Naira for the rest of 2023. We will cover Saturday racing each week on the Players Podcast, as well as daily written analysis at inthemoneypodcast.com. Be sure to look out for our picks on the Naira.com website under the Picks, Plays, and Promotions page. Lastly, make sure you don't miss Saratoga Live every race day this summer. For a full schedule of coverage, please visit inthemoneypodcast.com slash TV. Hello and welcome to In The Money Players Podcast. I keep on wanting to say JK plus one. Uh, I am not your host, PTF. Apparently he's back. I don't know. He said, I'll see you Friday or Saturday. It's a wild gentleman uh, who's just been running around the world. And, and Nick, we, we didn't know if we were going to have a chance to, to do this again. We thought Pete was going to be back. But here we are uh, carrying the, the flag, um, Nick Tamaro, to talk a little bit about the uh, four stakes we saw at Belmont Stakes last weekend, and then the full transition to Saratoga. We'll go over the pick six. Boss, what's going on? I mean, we've been carrying more water than Ozarka over here, Pete. When is he coming back already? This is ridiculous. His daughter's on national TV. His mother, he got a lot of cameos out of it on Generation Gap, and we're over here having to do the heavy lifting. I don't know. We, we got we to discuss this thing with him. I, I watched I watched Generation Gap last night, as a matter of fact. Uh, but we and, watched and- it last week, yeah. I wasn't expecting to see Pete as much, but there was a lot of there was a lot of Pete involved. Yeah, there in, was. Yeah, in that for sure. Um, boss, let's just hop right into it. I mean, you know, I, let's let's start with the suburban and charge it. Who who is who is? It feels like making the the Whitney possibly a, a more interesting race. Yeah, you know, I, the Whitney's one of those races that, as of right now, you're talking about what willpower and charge it and Cody's wish. You know, just horses that we've seen recently. Um, it's starting to shape up as a very good race because this looked like the charge it that we hoped we were going to see throughout 2023. And I think since his uh, comeback race to begin the season, he had been a little underwhelming, admittedly. I think Todd Pletcher would admit that as well. He did not expect that, uh, that he would lose three straight graded stakes. Um, this was a glorified workout in many ways because he really didn't have much competition, not anybody that could keep him honest on the front end. And, uh, he was training very well coming into it and he ran to it. He ran, he ran a good race and, and took care of business at the mile and a quarter, looking like the distance would be no issue. Of course, the distance is no issue when you're able to dictate terms to everybody else, but he got a one Oh six fig and it fits very much in line with everybody else in the field. So Onward and upward for him. And I think, uh, you know, in all likelihood, we'll see one, maybe two appearances in Saratoga. Because I think if he were to win the uh, the Whitney, they might try him right back in the Jockey Club Gold Cup to then have a little bit more time to the Breeders' Cup. Uh, that was earlier in the card, a little bit later in the card. Uh, starting in race eight, uh, we got to see the grade one Belmont Oaks, which is the, the kind of the first leg of the Turf Triple Series that we've seen in the last few years. And we talked about it on the podcast that we did leading up to Saturday that I didn't really understand a lot about Aspen Grove's form, but I did know that Craig Burnett called me at 8 a.m. one morning a couple of weeks ago and was asking me which New York rider he would use, I would use considering uh, who would be tied up in there? Oh, you know, I think Irad's going to be tied up. Flavian will be tied up. You know, uh, who, who do you think, you know, who would you use? We talked through it. And he said, you know what? Maybe, maybe there's a European rider coming over for some of these other races and maybe I'll ride him. And that's how the conversation ended. But I knew he was excited about the horse and, and I can see why he's got a grade one winner now from a homebred. 
Yeah, which of course, I mean, that means a lot to a guy like Craig, whose operation is very heavy on breeding, and and uh, it had been a little bit of time between grade ones, but uh, this was a filly who ran very, very well, no denying it. It was a performance that surprised me a little bit uh, because she really hadn't been competitive at a top level overseas. Now her trainer, Fozzie Stack, brought up that she was in season um, in her last start, and he felt like that was uh, really provided a viable excuse for why she performed poorly. I'll tell you, Jonathan, she, she got left in the gate and, um, and, and kind of spotted the field a little bit of ground before Ocean Murphy worked her over to get towards the inside. And, and really what was just an absolutely beautiful ride. I mean, and, and you couldn't have imagined an easier job getting to the rail to save ground and, um, and take advantage of that lush inside part of the turf course. Um, so really, you know, the, the trip ended up working out incredibly well and, you know, deserving winner for Craig and, uh, and and John Magnier. And I would imagine we'll see her, I believe she's staying in America and we'll see her in the Saratoga Oaks as she bids for uh, for a second straight grade one coming up. 86 buyer speed figure, you know, not huge, but certainly something that would at least make her, uh, make her competitive down the line with some improvement. Race 10 was the grade one Belmont Derby for the boys. I, you know, this is one of those situations where, um, of the American horses, I thought redistricting was the one you wanted. Um, it was, it's not that I didn't think far bridge was good. I'm just saying, if you were going to look for an American, I thought it was redistricting offered kind of the most value was kind of the interesting one, because I did feel like this was a race that either silver, not, or the Foxes would win. Uh, it turns out the Foxes caught, I would say a, a pretty rough trip and far bridge got the job done. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, my inclination was to more or less just sort of throw out the three, the one, two, three finishers from the Pennine Ridge. Um, I, I didn't really, I didn't really want to get too involved in any of them, and that, of course, included Far Bridge. Um, I, I mainly bet eleven four. That was kind of my Yahtzee number was uh, was Far Bridge over uh, Web Slinger, and um, you know, I thought I had a chance when they turned for home, but the pace didn't quite develop as much as it looked like it was going to in the first furlong. They kind of reined everybody in down the backstretch and, uh, and that slowed things down enough to make it tough for a really a true deep closer like far bridge. who was, I mean, admittedly probably a little farther back than he should have been. And I think that ended up leading to some traffic. You know, the discussion was that he probably was going to be better going 10 furlongs than he was going 12. And I think that's true, but you know, if he were to come back to a race like the Saratoga Derby at, at a mile and three sixteenths, could he be as effective? I think so. He's just going to need things to to develop a little bit more in front of him. And a mile and three sixteenths Saratoga can often end up being a, a trip that's that's conducive to off the pace types because of that long run to the first turn. Race eleven, the Grade Three Victory Ride. Uh, you know, the, the kind of the stepping stone to to one of my favorite races of the summer, the Test. Uh, look, I, I don't know about you, boss. I, I just, I knew she was talented, Maple Leaf Mill, but I didn't necessarily think she wanted to deal with the pace she was going to deal with, to deal with the added half furlong that she wanted to deal with. I just didn't see those things coming. And uh, she did all of those things. Yeah, I had a, you know, I had a, I had a negative opinion on her as well. I thought she really uh, took advantage of things. And I bet her at Pimlico, but I thought she took advantage of things getting the lead. I really didn't think she was going to get the lead in here. And I felt like she'd be over bet. The horse who ended up being over bet was Red Carpet Ready. I still thought Red Carpet Ready was a likelier winner than, uh, than Maple Leaf Mel. And, um, and, you know, look, to be honest with you, and I don't want to sound like 
I'm being overly harsh, but I wondered if she was going to perform as well for a new trainer. She had obviously done exceptionally well for Jeremiah Englehart. This was her first start for Melanie Giddings, who, you know, I'm not doing anything other than quoting statistics. Melanie Giddings had two lifetime wins coming into Saturday. Jeremiah Englehart has over a thousand. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just something that was notable. And now it obviously showed that a good horse can win with anybody, right? And Maple Leaf Mel is a very, very good horse. Um, doesn't stop me from planning on betting against her in the test when she might have to deal with the likes of money's gold or somebody else that's going to keep her a little bit more honest on the front end because I do think she got away with relatively soft fractions, um, all things considered. But um, she's a good horse, and it was a good performance. And, you know, you don't see a lot of 99 buyer speed figures from three-year-old fillies uh, really at any point, let alone in the in, in June, July of that season. So hopefully she gets to uh, – to Saratoga in one piece. And we see that showdown with her and some of the other good three-year-old Phillies from this division. Well, look, you said it. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to pop over to, uh, to Saratoga. I'm here. I know you're coming. Uh, I was over at the track today. I filmed cart talk. I don't know if I should say who I did it with. Should I surprise people? No, if you're listening to this podcast, you get inside information. Uh, Frank Miramati. I, I just filmed oh, very nice. cart talk with. So that'll be fun. Frank uh, hits us with some impressions, some funny stories, but uh, making his full season Saratoga debut. Looking forward to that. The pick six, uh, $1 pick six at Naira always gets started in race five. That's what we're going to talk about here at Saratoga on opening day. And, and boss, I, I think a lot of money is going to come for this class dropper in the six Portos. And, and with Flying P Stable, you know, I think a lot of times you look to see, uh, they feel like aggressive claiming types that want to get their picture taken at Saratoga. But if you look at this horse's speed figures only, cover up the races that he's been running in, he really looks like a handful of these other horses in here. Looks a lot like Dust Devil. Looks a lot like Ollie, my boy. Isn't necessarily the standout that you would think if you just look at the races he's been running in. I agree. I mean, I think it ends up being far more wide open than people would generally believe. Um, and, and these are the kind of races that you get at Saratoga because – you get horses coming from different places. You get them moving up and down the class ladder. You get some connections that want to run their horse or willing to run their horses a little bit more cheaply than they would under normal circumstances because they're just trying to get a win. Yeah, I, I like I like Dust Devil. You know, I, I don't really see a reason why you're not supposed to. Um, Pat Reynolds is a very good trainer, and anybody who's unfamiliar with him, you know, he's been winning races for years and, and was, of course, the original trainer of Big Brown, was the original trainer of a filly named Backseat Rhythm, who was very good. Uh, this was the trainer of record for most of Paul Pompa's horses early in, in uh, earlier in Paul Pompa's ownership period. And of course uh, they have, they did a lot of good things together. This horse got a nice pace to run at last time, but he finished and he ran well. He was second beat in length. Um, he was wide, not a big deal at Belmont, but I do think he's got a very big shot in here. Second off the claim. I think 20 is a realistic level at Saratoga. I mean, I don't want to be beaten by Portos, but I really don't want to be beaten by Ollie, my boy, because one of the guys that I've been tremendously impressed with over the years at Saratoga is Phil Bauer. Phil Bauer has done a tremendous job at Saratoga year in and year out. Talk about really knowing what kind of horses to run up there. Um, he's done a, he's done a really good job of it. So one of those guys that you want to pay particular attention to, I think um, as far as this card and, and every, or every Saratoga card goes, um, especially if you're using the workout reports, Phil Bowers horses generally are, there won't be much help with this one because he's been training at Churchill, but generally when Phil Bowers horses are running at Saratoga and training there, they, they have a tendency to train very well. Uh, look, I think if you're ending the pick five, the early pick five, obviously ending in race five, you're starting the pick six, starting here in race five. I, I really just need to be alive to the two, four and the six. I, I think one of those three 
just looks like they're better than the rest of them. So you just need one of them to show up. Um, the rest of them, I just feel like are a kind of a cut below um, in terms of, of, of figures race six. Uh, this is a spot where I will be getting pretty aggressive boss. I'm, I'm going to single the two rust uh, running with scissors. You know, this is a horse that has, has shown really a lot of really nice performances, but I'm, I'm focusing more on the race two back uh, that, that this horse won ran a really fast figure that day, but the horse behind him grooms all business came back and won two races after that race. But not only did he win two races on the buyer speed figure scale, and on Timeform US, both of those performances that he won, he ran faster than he did in the race where he ran second to running with scissors. He ran a 108 Timeform US against running with scissors. Then he came back and ran a 111 and then ran a 118. Buyer speed figure, he ran an 84 against running with scissors, came back 86, 96. Makes me think that that was a real race that running with scissors ran two uh, races back. And that's why I, I, I I'm just going to lean there and, and single the rest of them. I don't necessarily trust. Yeah. You know, my worry here is his last race. And I only, I say that because he didn't run well at all. And now Jacobson is, is Jacobson's bailing. I mean, he's, he's putting this horse in for 45. Obviously he wants to win, but he's reasonably certain this horse is going to get taken for 45. Now there might not be a lot of people attracted to him at 45, for you know, a seven-year-old gelding that um, that has no conditions and would have to run a New York Red races only in for a tag, but it worries me that it looks like when these old claiming trainers and these essentially old claiming horses, when they run one race that's a step back, it that might be a sign they're going the wrong way, and you're gonna have to take a very short price on him. I'll use him, but um, I like Yarrow, and Yarrow's not your kind of horse. He's way more my kind of horse. He's my kind of horse because he never wins. Um, but he got, I mean, you know, God help him. I, and I think Manny has had a, a tremendous 2023 so far. This is a ride he'd want back from last time. He snatched a hold of this horse after he broke on top. He ended up getting stuck behind horses. He got totally shuffled out off the turn. He got steadied in mid stretch. I wonder if Yarrow might be better at five and a half. And the funny thing about these horses is that you have horses that are good at five and a half. You often have horses that are good at six and you have a totally different group of horses that are good at seven. Seven's a lot of time at Belmont is better for routers. Yarrow's two five and a half furlong races last year, including his win right off the maiden win, were two of his best races yet. And then losing to Phantom Smoke in a race with no pace at all, where he kind of lost his mind before the start. I don't think that's that bad an effort. So I'm going to pick Yarrow. I'll use running with scissors. I'll have a little backup on rough draft as well. Race seven, uh, the third leg of the pick six, uh, starter allowance. Uh, I thought the, the winner was coming from one of the out, outside three posts. Uh, condiment girls and obviously takes some money with the trainer change and, and uh, the big performance last time. I don't necessarily buy it. Uh, I thought the 10 uh, Obrigada uh, was the one that, that, that I wanted uh, a couple of performances that the race two and three back, there's been three winners out of both of those spots. Um, and then the trainer change to Linda Rice uh, and you get Jose drawn outside. Um, I thought the 10 and the 11 were the most likely winners and I'll be kind of keying around the 10. Yeah, I mean, Linda has really, really made a living at Belmont winning off the claim with horses she took in Kentucky. You know, she won with a lot of horses, period, but that was obviously something that she did by design. And Obrigada was another one who she took. And, you know, with all due respect to Jason Barkley, this is a horse that Linda probably figures that she can move forward a little bit. And it's not that Jason's a bad trainer, but Linda is almost 30% off the claim and is hitting at nearly a 30% clip for the year. So whether her horses perform as well at Saratoga is going to be an interesting question to me. It's going to be one of the more interesting questions because this is not Linda Rice of 15 years ago. She is not a barn loaded with New York Reds and turf sprinters. She's really a barn loaded with claimers. 
and a lot of them are dirt horses. So, you know, she is supposed to win a number of dirt races at this meet based on the way she's constructed things. I usually shy away from the horses that I read rides, especially at Saratoga, but I like Safra Dada um, for Rick Dutrow, second off the trainer change. I thought this horse ran well last time out. She just doesn't want to go a mile on the 16th. She had a great trip. She came up wanting late. I know some people might accuse her of having a good trip and squandering it. I just think she needs a cutback. And, and I'm going to use the 5, 10, and 11 primarily. Um, I'll, I'll use a little bit of condiment girl as a backup because she does look like the main speed. But these are a lot better horses than she faced last time. That was kind of my concern. So I don't see it altogether differently from you. But just in addition to those outside horses, I'll use Safra Dada as well, the five. All right, on to race eight. Uh, starter allowance again uh, on the turf. I, I thought this was a much more wide open affair. Boss, what did you think about this one? It is. It's a, it's a very wide open race. And, you know, I ended up picking the five Kingfish Stevens, who I thought had maybe a slightly less than ideal trip last time. He was breaking from the far outside during a, a week where they took the rail down on the Widener turf course. It didn't really play like the inside pass were a huge advantage. The eventual second place finisher from this horse's last race did come up the rail, but the winner came over the top four or five wide. So I just thought Kingfish Stevens got lost a little bit out there. The blinkers are going on, which I think might keep him a little bit more engaged early. And this is a horse who's clearly shown some talent on the turf. So I wanted to go there. I I've been on my sea cottage in each of his last two starts and he's stunk both times. I mean, it's a jockey change to Irad. Maybe that helps. He is the main speed on paper, but I have an awfully hard time trusting him. I was a little concerned about the six unleash the power who I do think has run winning races in his last two, as far as those go class level wise. I mean, a two life where he finished, where he got an 80 fig and then a, a one other than where he got an 81 at Churchill and now he's running in a 50 starter allowance. I mean, he's supposed to be a major player based on those speed figures and those kind of performances. So I, I, I actually thought Thundarian was a little interesting from the inside. He's got speed and Florence. So you'd imagine he'll be a little bit forwardly placed, even though turf routers aren't exactly David Jacobson's bag. And, um, and I didn't even, I thought the 10 consultant wasn't without chance. I know he moved aggressively and, and kind of spit it late last time, but that was a really fast pace and the winner came from way back. So super wide open race. You can tell based on uh on my rambling that I don't have much of an opinion and I'm going to be deep here. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to use the six as well. The five, uh, I like the six unleash the power. One thing I will say, uh, just get, just kind of getting geared up for Saratoga, uh, something that I've done in the past, it, it's led to some okay decisions, but it's also helped me kind of get off of some things, which is understanding that the inner turf course at, at Saratoga, it's a, it's a unique situation, very tight turns. A lot of horses either love it or don't love it. I think if you can look through old past performances of horses and see horses that, um, you know, were lower odds that ran poorly on the inner or, or higher odds and ran well on the inner and tried to, to kind of come up with some conclusions on whether a horse likes the inner or doesn't like the inner. I think it could help you upgrade horses that might not look so great on paper and also downgrade horses that might be short prices that, you know, what they were doing downstate at Belmont is not what they're going to do here on the inner race nine, the Schuylerville, um, I'm still working on this stat to, for the show tomorrow because I need to double check it, but I had someone kind of look for a second. So if it's wrong, it's pretty close to right. I think though, the seven wine on tap, uh, when I looked at this, I thought, you know, tap it winning first out at five, like, does that ever happen? And I believe in the last five years, there's been one tap it first time starter to win going five out of 12. Now it's not the biggest sample size. It's 12. But I think that what it is a big indicator of 
is there's only been 12 to try it because it's not something that they do. You just don't having tappets run first time out at five. And the fact that this horse ran as well as they did, as she did, kind of needing to be, you know, kind of ridden around there, you got to think that extra furlong, the seasoning is going to really help her quite a bit. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like this is a super precocious dam site either. I mean, this is a, the second dam was winless in two starts. The, the uh, dam herself was uh, a four time winner, and all four of those wins came at a mile or more. Three of them came at a mile and a 16th or more. So I'm sorry, all four wins came at a mile and a 16th or more. Two of them came at a mile and an eighth. So I mean, this is not, precocity was like really not in this pedigree at all. And, and you know, I mean, all things considered, Jonathan, they paid 600000 for a tap it out of the quality road mare. That's not that much. So uh, it's, it's clear to me that Wine on Tap is a, is a filly that has a lot of talent. And I mean, I'm not surprised to see her run as well as she did. I'm concerned about the quality of her debut. But again, I mean, at this stage, aren't we concerned about the quality of all of their debuts so far as far as what was behind them? I say that because the third place finisher came back and kind of embarrassed herself on Saturday at Belmont, um, didn't run well, had a, had a perfectly good trip and totally stopped. But, you know, I... I don't necessarily want to hold that against wine on tap. I picked her on top. I didn't really have the courage to go anywhere else. I would have rather taken a horse that maybe made up a little bit of ground in their maiden win, but all of those horses, especially this time of year, generally their races are very slow and they win because everybody else just got tired. So I don't really think that's the case with status seeker. The four, I thought status seeker really reached out and, and, and caught the winner. They did peel off seven lengths clear of everybody else. Um, I think that could actually end up being a situation where that, that figure may have to be looked at again down the line. But as for right now, I mean, it is what it is. And so I, I can't quibble with it too much. Um, I'll use those two Saratoga secret for Wayne Lucas. I thought it was interesting that both he and uh, Todd Pletcher are bidding for their seventh uh, Schuylervilles respectively. So uh, kind of, kind of fun to see. And uh, we'll see if Saratoga Secret is as good as she showed in that debut, where, you know, all things considered, she was basically good enough speed figure-wise to be considered a major player here. And then to wrap it up, like we always like to do about this time, Maiden 40s on the grass at Saratoga. Uh, I, I thought the seven, what are we calling this? Uh, Ari, our, uh, our, our Yeah, you yeah. know, look, I think in these, when you see horses dropping for Maiden Special Weight, um, for, you know, I, I always it's my first stop. It's my first place. I look, you get Flavian Pratt. You have a horse that has run well in his last two starts, just hasn't gotten the win. And maybe the class relief is exactly what they need. So uh, that's where I landed uh, is the seven, but this is going to be a race where, you know, it just feels like you need to use as many as you can, depending on your other opinions. Yeah. I mean, RSA has had just a, a, a few chances, eight, um, third off a layoff here. This is a big drop in class. It's also, with all due respect to Katie Davis, it's a big jockey change. I mean, Katie, Katie was a little lost on the Belmont turf on a number of occasions. And I mean, it's, you know, we're not going to a jockey with a, a 10% strike rate. We're going to Flavian Pratt. So, I mean, this is a, this is a big rider switch. Um, this horse has not really run all that well, but neither has her competition. So it's, it's a, it's a matter of her getting into the right spot. I'm going to use her. I'm going to use the two Charisse who I thought actually ran credibly two starts back, dropping in class for Mark Hennig. He had a horse in a similar scenario in the nightcap on Saturday who ran well and, and probably should have gotten a little bit more of it. Um, the other issue here is that, I mean, outside of those two to me, the next best, the next horse that I would use is the 12. That's a, that's a tough post position. So it's, I don't know how, you know, how deep I could go using a horse like that. So primarily two seven for me to close it out in a, in a pretty tricky and fun sequence. 
Saratoga time, boss man. Where can everybody find uh, all your uh, analysis for the remainder of the summer? In the moneypodcast.com. I'll have it up the night before each day, and we'll have a Nick's notebook. It'll come out every morning, 7 a.m. or so central time. You'll be emailed a little uh, little primer for the day's activities with some information of various types. Uh, I started this trend last year, and then everybody did it better than I did at every other meet, like Keeneland and Delmar, Kentucky Downs. But I'll have to tell them, tell them where it originated. <laughs> the boss man boss i appreciate it good luck this meet uh, i know i'll see you soon up here uh it's but it's upon us it's saratoga 2023 thanks my friend i appreciate it can't wait we're thrilled to once again be partnered with gainsway farm gainsway stands up and coming stallion mckenzie mckenzie produced 16 six figure first crop weanlings the most of any first crop sire with an average sales price of one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars. At Keeneland January, McKenzie produced the two highest priced first crop yearlings at $250,000 and $220,000, well above the $145,000 sales average. Additionally, at Phasic Tipped in February, McKenzie had the highest first crop yearling at $200,000. Don't miss out on your opportunity. For more information, visit gainsway.com. Kurt, what's going on? JK, what's happening, buddy? Not too much, man. You know, I just, you know, I've been running around all day with the shirt changing and stuff, but I, I wanted to get you on here to talk a little bit about some of the new stuff we got going on. But also I, I realized that we've never really introduced this partnership that we've had. It's, 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 uh, uh, and so I thought it'd be fun for us to chat about it. Um, I've always wanted to do the saddlecloth shirt. I always thought it'd be a fun thing to do. And then we connected uh, I told you the idea, you loved it. We ran with it. You helped make the idea a real thing. And uh, thousands of shirts later, here we are. Breeders cup, uh, 2019. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. It was in uh, Santa Anita. Last time yeah. I was in Santa Anita. That's where we uh, had the first conversation about it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, a lot of shirts since then. Kurt, a, a little bit of, you know, so that's 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 the JK Old Smoke collection, but let's talk a little bit about Old Smoke. Where, what, uh, tell tell uh, everyone watching, where did that idea come from and how long have you guys been rolling? Yeah, so I'm, I'm from the area here in Saratoga and, uh, you know, as you well know, horse racing is a way of life here. And growing up, as I got a little older, I had a group of buddies I played baseball with in college. And after college, our 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 way of getting back together was always kind of at the track. And as a few years had gone by, everybody that came to visit kept saying the same thing. They, they were asking for higher end apparel or a brand to kind of represent that you're a horse racing fan, which as you know, you can do in any sport for the most part. And uh, it was also products we were looking to buy ourselves and could not find. So the idea really goes back 20 something years. I don't want to age myself here, but back to, to the college time. And, uh, you know, life goes on, started a career in medical sales. And, uh, you know, when I got done with that, I just figured it was now or never. And, uh, it's been running ever since <laughs> been five years yeah, now. I mean, yeah, I, I remember, you know, seeing a lot of the t-shirts and, 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 and throughout the, throughout the time. And, and, and one of my favorite t-shirts that you, I, you just released recently, is that we saw today actually at the museum is the, the Easton Easton union shirt. I've always, yeah. I've always loved the idea of like that. That's the cross streets. That's like when you're at Easton union, you're right there. You're about to go in. Uh, so I, I know you got that one that, uh, that, yeah. that you've rolled out. 
And, uh, and then That's I wanted to talk a little bit about, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yep. I want to talk a little bit about some of the, the, the new ideas that we have, right? Some of the new stuff we did. Um, I'm sure some people that are watching saw the saddlecloth uh, polo that we, that we, that we released earlier this year. You know, obviously most of the shirts have been like a yeah. traditional button down, but uh, we're transitioning a little bit to have some polos as well. The saddlecloth polo came out and then uh, this one right over your, your, your right shoulder uh, that you actually put in my hands today that I'm going to wear on opening day. Uh, the Saratoga polo reminds me a little bit of a, of a Sunday in Augusta uh, oh, with, uh, putting it, on that, the red, huh? Shirt is perfect. And it's, it's, it's kind of, yeah, I mean, I'm a golfer at heart. And uh, I had a big golf tournament actually this weekend and I wore it and there was, I don't know, 250 guys there and everybody was drooling over this shirt and it ties in the, the Saratoga with the, you know, Tiger, Tiger Woods, his Sunday red idea. And, and this shirt is just absolute fire. It is, it is amazing. Want me to pull and, that uh, you see yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Grab, grab that thing. Yeah. Grab that thing. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's get it in the mix here. This is, this is this is it right here. Man. I mean, that is just the material is unbelievable. Uh, as a golfer myself, um, you know, I've worn every single shirt. So as you know, going back to the button ups, the way we sourced that, I mean, we had the idea was 2019 maybe. Yeah, and we took a year to source it if you remember because we we were trying everything. We only wanted it to be the highest end product, and it took a while to find. Um, and find the right manufacturer to fit the needs that we wanted. And the same with the golf shirts. So of all the golf shirts I've worn, I made sure they got this as close to close to as mint as could be. And, and so we've got those, those are, those are available. Um, we have this one still in stock. This is the, we call this one, the OG, you and I call it the OG when we're, when we're talking through all these damn shirt ideas, we have like nicknames for the shirts cause it gets confusing. So it's like, this is the Saratoga OG. Then like the, the OG, OG, the, the, yeah, is the saddle the cloth. Yeah. That's the OG, OG. Um, you know, we've got all the secretariat ones that came out. I thought the secretariat release we had this year with it being the 50th anniversary was great. Um, and, and, and I thought that, you know, those were awesome. Um, but some of the ones that I'm excited about are, uh, we also have Saratoga. Naira actually got a, a different design of a Saratoga shirt that they'll only be selling on site and on and online. Um, I'll wear that one on Sunday. So that'll kind of be the official release of that shirt. But if you're at Saratoga this weekend, you can go over to the gift shops. They'll have them there. We don't have them. They have those. And basically, if I'm not mistaken, it's, it's last year's shirt exactly, or is it flipped? It's last year's shirt. Colors are flipped. So Colors last flipped. year it was so white it's, based. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's the, right. It's got the, it's got the on, you know, the, the, the Saratoga traditional logo awning with the horse underneath it, but it's, it's red and, and white, the opposite. So um, what yeah, else? What, what, be there ready opening day. And, uh, yeah, and we've, we've, we're, we're kicking the ball down the road with breeders cup, uh, to get something going again with them. So that'll be fun, but, uh, it, it's been fun, Curtin. It's been a fun ride. Oh, I guess we should, we went to the hall of fame today. Got a hall of fame shirt as well. That's, that's at the hall of fame. And, uh, not to mention we, we walked around a little bit and I haven't been since they've done a lot of the remodeling and, uh, what a cool facility. Well, don't forget. I, I also have the other shirt you saw today, which is unreal is the, the JK club shirt. You know, this, I feel, this I feel the JK club is tricky for me because I feel 
So if you don't know about the JK club, we did it last, uh, last winter, like around leading up to Christmas. And it was this idea that, that Kurt had had that we would have, you know, if you, if you committed to this club, there was four shirts you would get throughout the year. You wouldn't know what they're going to be. They would just kind of be a surprise that shows up and only you, who, who the people that join the club would have access to the shirts. We would never sell them, uh, anywhere so that, you know, you wouldn't be walking around and have the same shirt as 17 other people. The problem right. is, is that when they're good, I feel bad wearing them because I hate when yeah. people say, where do I get it? And I'm like, uh, you can't get it. Sign up for the club next year. Yeah. But this is a really, really good one that I'm excited about. Well, though, the experience is kind of cool because now that this has been out uh, fourth summer, I think, it, it, there's been this experience at the track of, oh, man, you got that one. Like, you got the Del Mar one. I don't have the Del Mar one. Or, you know, that's the Secretariat one. That one's sold out. And, of course, as I'm meeting people and and – you know, they're coming up to me or I'm coming up to them and thanking them for, you know, for being a customer. The conversation is, oh, I missed out on that one. It, it kind of brought up the idea that people do like the exclusive limited edition. And if, and if this Saratoga, when the Saratoga one hits, people are going to be wearing it at the track and they're going to be saying, where can I get it? And I think that that's kind of a cool experience for, for those customers that are part of the club. So we're going to do the club again, for sure. This is the third of the fourth, um, launching that so one more on this the jk club 2023 but we're going to launch that again and even we got some really good ideas for next year too well kurt it's 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 been an unbelievable ride we'll we'll save it we're not we, we'll we'll show it to yeah, them i'm wearing it on friday i think we're on friday because they're actually in uh in route right now to our customers so if they're watching this now we don't want to spoil the the mailbox oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay well kurt i uh I appreciate it. It's been awesome working with you. And, and, and look, we've done some amazing things with the JK stuff, but I want to encourage people to check out all the t-shirts. You got some crazy t-shirts. I, I got like 12 of them last year for, uh, for my father-in-law. He wore them every day to the track. Nothing screams. I'm a racing fan, like old smoke clothing. And uh, you guys should be proud of what you built. And I'm, and I'm proud to be uh, working with you. Well, it's an absolute pleasure, buddy. It's been a hell of a run and enjoyed every minute of it. More to come. All right, everybody, good luck and uh, get you a couple shirts. The great racing north of the border at Woodbine continues with graded stakes all summer, highlighted by the King's Plate in August and the Grade 1 Woodbine Mile in September. Don't miss out on all the action. For more information, go to woodbine.com. Kim, are you excited? Saratoga's around the corner. It is not even around the corner. It is here. It is happening. Like, things are going on, and I'm so excited to be with you, JK. It's so, such a great summer. It's going to be awesome. I usually, when I turn out of my neighborhood in Saratoga, taking a left is super easy. I, I sometimes don't even look. I just can make it easy. I had to wait for like six cars to pass me today. That's how I knew the track was upon us. <laughs> yes, that is a very good sign. It's very true. It's an amazing thing. It just feels like the, the whole world is coming and we can't wait to get it started. Well, on this network, we've been talking about uh, uh, an event and, and, a, and, a, and a creation 40 years ago that was very important to horse racing, and that is the Breeders' Cup. But there's also <laughs> another very yeah. important organization that was created about 40 years ago, celebrating 40 years. Cheers to 40 years. Uh, happy birthday, TRF. 
It's true. It's amazing. And it is cool. I did not know. I really did not know that Breeders' Cup and CRF shared the birthday, but clearly we need to put these two good things together to do the partying. Because um, 83 was a great year for horse racing. Um, we celebrated the championship of all horse racing and we started seriously taking care of these amazing animals when their careers were done. So we are, we are leaning into this 40th anniversary with just hearts full of gratitude for every single person who has brought us to this point. And that is a tall order because that is countless, countless individuals. And I will go on and on about them. But the fun thing is we're just going to celebrate it all year long. We've been doing it since the beginning. And this summer we are doubling down, tripling down, 40 timesing it down for the summer. Well, with Saratoga, we get new fans that pop in and, and, and these big race days and big race events. I don't think unless they've been hiding under a rock that they don't know what the TRF is. But for those that haven't heard, what's your kind of elevator pitch to what TRF is and the great things that they're doing? Well, thank you. I always love that question. And I will do, do the, the punchy, punchy elevator pitch is that the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation is honored to be the oldest and the largest charity in the United States that is dedicated to the welfare of thoroughbred racehorses and to take care of them for the rest of their lives once their careers are over. So we've been doing that for four decades and we specifically focus on sanctuary, which is a very important piece of a bigger mosaic of aftercare. And that means we take care of those who are the broken and the old and dearly beloved who can no longer pursue another athletic career. So today we have 425 of these extraordinary creatures in our care. They live in eight states and 15 farms all across the United States from California, New York to Florida. And the last piece that I always love to talk about and at length is our second chances program where we not only take care of these creatures and give them joyful, happy lives happily, happily ever after, but we give them the chance to change the lives of the people who care for them, who are incarcerated individuals in prisons across the country. So I love for new members of the, um, the ITM family to learn about the TRF and to learn as much as you'd like on our website, which is trfinc.org slash players, because that's where all the good stuff is. Thank you, JK. Of course, we'll, we'll talk at the end of the easy way to help the TRF by yeah. just writing a check or, or making a donation. That's the easy way. But we're going to talk first about the fun way to help the TRF. And let's start on July 31st, uh, Gumbo with Kendrick Carmouche. Well, this is such a, it's such a joyful, I mean, Pete and I, whenever we're talking, we're like that the key is to have fun and do good at the same time. And that is what we deliver with the, these parties all summer long. So we're kicking it off. I mean, with all the flavor, all the fanfare, all the charm that Kendrick Carmouche brings to just about every single thing he does. And he is an, not only an amazing rider, especially when he gets the lead, he is also really good in the kitchen. So he is cooking up his Kendrick Carmouche Cajun gumbo. And that event is on July 31st. And it is like just a, a throwdown, fun time, bring the family. And it's at a great little place called the Principessa Elena Society, which is one of our Italian clubs in town. It has a fabulous backyard. It's a bocce court back there and a gazebo and super chill, super fun. And I swear Kendrick kisses every baby and shakes every hand and poses for every selfie and, and also makes some darn good gumbo. So we, we sell this one out fast because the Principessa Elena is not the biggest venue on earth. So if you're planning to join us on the 31st, I would say buy the tip soon. Um, heart hated term people away at the door, but that may actually happen on July 31st. Um, and I think we probably start, I didn't look, I think um, it's probably five o'clock, six o'clock. Um, and it is on the 31st of July, five o'clock. Thank you. Five o'clock to nine o'clock, July 31st, um, August 2nd. It's a Wednesday, six to 8 PM Casamigos for jocks and horses at the Adelphi hotel right there on Broadway. 
this is one of these wonderful, they're all examples of people who have an idea and say, hey, can I do this? Would that be helpful? And I get to say, yes, thank you. And how can I help you? That was Kendrick. This one was Anita Motion who said, how about this? So she reached out to Casamigos, a wonderful folks, Lee Einsiedler, one of the greatest guys ever, and said, hey, will you donate all the tequila? We're going to sell the bottles for a hundred bucks a pop. We'll get the whole jockey colony to sign the bottles. We'll sell them for a hundred bucks and we'll split the proceeds between the TRF and the PDJF. And thus was born this party. And Anita also reached out in a beautiful way and said, maybe, maybe the Adelphi would host that for us. Oh my gosh, the Adelphi team, so extraordinary, rolled out the red carpet, gives us the whole venue, provides the food, provides the space, super fun. And the nice thing about it, because it is August 2nd, it's the beginning of the crazy, crazy, crazy time. You can blow by, pick up your bottle of tequila, have a fun cocktail, say hi, do a picture and roll to your next party. So it's that kind of party and it is crashingly fun. Um, it's often hot, but it is worth uh, worth it. So I think those tickets are 40. We like the number 40 this year, 40 bucks. If you just want to come for a cocktail, hundred bucks, if you want a bottle, I have already sold 39 of those hundred bottles and 103 tickets. So once again, sorry to be a broken record, but buy now. So you don't miss out. And then August 22nd, five to 9 PM. This is actually like one of like my, it, it was pretty close to like first date when we kind of ish with my wife now, where we came to this event, um, the TRF barbecue at the barn at the Saratoga winery. And, uh, it's always a lot of fun as well. That's on August 22nd. Yes. So that's the Tuesday before Travers. It does often fall on the same day as the draw, but you know, once you can be there for the draw, then you pop on over to the Saratoga winery is, is the place where we do not have a capacity constraint. Like, I mean, Honestly, they have events like 700 people there at some point. I don't think that's what we're going to do, but we are aiming for 450 to 500 this year. It's our 40th anniversary. We want all of our friends to come. Um, it is it is a fun family affair. It's kind of like having your own private country fair because we have ponies, we have music, we have barbecue. This year, we're going to have a wonderful, we have all kinds of extra fun bennies. Um, there's a great guy named Chris Carpenter who's um, former MLB player who's written a children's book called The Long Shot, and he's doing a book signing with me tomorrow, but he's also going to be at the barbecue. So we kind of bring all kids are welcome. Family's welcome. Last year we did it more or less in a hurricane. We had lightning flooding, thunder, power outages, and we still had a darn good time. So that is, that is the, um, I don't ever want to say I want that one to get here too soon because that does kind of get us to winding it down, but it is the one we build up to all year long. And we have silent auction items and raffle baskets and everyone who's anyone should be there because JK and Gio will be there. <laughs> And what's the, so we talked about the fun ways. Those are the three fun ways to get involved this summer uh, to help support the TRF. Um, what's the, like we talked about the easy way. What's the easy way to just write a check or make a click? What's the best way yeah, to do that? Well, I so appreciate that JK. Cause yes, the truth is these beloved creatures um, uh, love them, but they eat money for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we appreciate the ITM in the money community supporting in so many ways as they've done for years now. But yeah, donations of, of dollars are the most easiest and honestly the most needed thing that we do so the best way to do it is go to the website trfinc.org slash players so then you end up on the it image give a gift i mean the ways to think about it is like a hundred bucks is like a couple bags of grain and uh two twenty five hundred dollars takes care of one horse in our herd for a whole year so i'm not saying everyone has twenty five hundred dollars laying around but when you have that big score thanks to the great picks that jk has given you you can just say thank you to the horses and you can take care of a horse for a year i mean what a proud thing that is so anyway every dollar makes a difference you know barely hay is like 10 bucks so give 10 bucks every time you think you've had a fun you had a good day at the races little thank you button 
trfinc.org slash players. We are grateful for every single gift and every single heart that comes our way. And thank you to JK for helping share the word so eloquently. Well, Kim, thank you so much for all your hard work and the team and, and uh, helping uh, us, those who, who aren't as uh, is as dedicated to the, to the craft of saving these horses. And, and, and we're, we're really lucky to have you and to have you helping these horses and to make sure that, that uh, this beautiful game continues on because the truth of the matter is um, some might not recognize it. It's not all about what's right. If, if you can't look at it about what's right, which is to take care of these animals, it's necessary. If it doesn't happen, it, it doesn't seem like it would, but it will affect the front of house of the game. And it, the game could be, uh, could disappear if it wasn't for the hard work of, of you and your team of, of uh, giving these horses a second home, like you said, if they don't have a second career. Well, thank you, Jacob. You've taken it to heart. I always said when Pete and I first cooked this up and you were right there saying, let's do this. It was you are putting the horses in the heart of the horse players. And I cannot thank you enough for doing that. So thanks for having me. <laughs> thank you so much. We can't wait to see you this summer and uh, at all three events. Why not? Absolutely. Make it a trifecta. <laughs> thanks, JK. Thanks, Kim. TVG.com Haskell Day is Saturday, July 22nd. $300,000 estimated win early pick five races one through five, a $500,000 guaranteed special pick four ending in the Haskell and a $250,000 guaranteed late pick five. Make sure you get involved involved on their biggest race day. It's Haskell day. Also don't miss the $1,000 Haskell handicapping challenge played online only through TVG express bet and HPI. TVG and HPI players must be pre-registered by 3 p.m. on Friday, July 21st. Contact Brian Skirka at bskirka, S-K-I-R-K-A, at monmouthpark.com to register. There's been some big performances we've seen over the last few weeks, but the Adelphi performance of the week, well, there's two of them. One, an Adelphi horse, Splashy. Splashy's run three times prior to her first turf start. She ran on the dirt, wasn't all that impressive, didn't really do much running, but once she got on the grass for Christophe Clement and Flavian Pratt, she really woke up. She was 15 to one that day. She came running. I think this horse is going to be very interesting. Her second time on the grass, and I'm hoping that it takes place right down the street. I'm in Saratoga, if you didn't already know that. I'm hoping it takes place right down the street. I think Splashy showed a lot of promise getting onto the grass, and it's very encouraging for a horse that didn't really show much on the dirt. So we'll be rooting for her. And she is one of the performances of the week. But like I said, I'm going to do two performances of the week because we got to talk a little bit about charge it who won the suburban uh, charge. It looks like he single-handedly has made the Whitney a little bit more of an interesting race. Hopefully we'll see charge it in there. We know we're going to see Cody's wish barring all things we know that can happen. If Cody's wish shows up, West willpower shows up and charge it. I think we suddenly have a very interesting Whitney. And I will say this charge. It always showed flashes of being a brilliant horse, but just never really panned out in the way that we would. It, we thought he could this year. He really has seemed to do that. And what he did on Saturday in the suburban, I think deserves a, a call as one of the Adelphi performances of the week. If you're interested in getting involved in horse ownership, uh, there's a lot of syndicates out there, some good, some bad, but I will tell you this Adelphi racing they're honest. They keep it, uh, keep you informed of what's going on. And that's, what's the most important when you're getting involved in a partnership, AdelphiRacing.com. And I got to be honest with you, not only does it seem like these guys have a lot of fun 
that does it not seem like they're always getting their picture taken as well, but I really do like their silks. Nice and clean, black and white. I like that a lot, Adelphi. If you have any more questions, like I said, adelphiracing.com, or if you run into Matt Qatar somewhere around the racetrack, I'm sure he can give you some more information.